0: give us a move of the Holy Ghost. My God, send a revival to this North American continent. Oh, God, pour out of your spirit your glory and power. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, oh, God, awaken this nation with the word of the Lord
1: and the divine illumination. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. How many of you are glad to be an American? Let's sing it again. Sing it as a prayer. Oh God bless America.
0: And that
1: I lost stand beside her
0: and guide her through the night Light from above, from the mountains, to the prairies, to the ocean, light with all.
1: again oh god blessed be the name of the lord for the multitude of benefits lord that we derive from you hallelujah 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 praise god hallelujah hallelujah now coming to you from centralia illinois brother jonathan urshan we will take a ride with him uh, on the question, will the church go through the tribulation? Brother Urshan, will you come? Thank you, Brother King, and praise the Lord everyone. You may be seated. I'm glad I'm here this afternoon, I've enjoyed this prophecy conference this far and appreciate the openness, praise the Lord of the uh, discussions and the opportunity that is made available to anyone who wants to ask any question relevant, uh, relative to any subject that has been presented in the course of this prophecy conference. And I thank God because the Word of God is true. Praise the Lord. Now after everything has been said and done in relationship to Bible prophecy there remains one fact that is indisputable and cannot be argued with. That the full proof of Bible prophecy is not the way anyone presents it but is its fulfillment. Isn't that right? and uh, we're all going to wait and find out who is right. right and time will let us know, praise the Lord, who is right about Bible prophecy and I'll be the first one to say that all of the Bible has not been revealed to all of us. There are several mysteries in the Bible that have not been revealed to us and they will remain mysteries until, praise the Lord, we Uh, see him face to face and right now there are several things that we see through a glass darkly and uh, perhaps the reason that there is a state of confusion in our minds relative to several of these subjects is because the confusion rests not so much in the things that we hear but in our own minds And many times we have a problem with ourselves trying to understand our line of thinking. Therefore, we're groping, praise the Lord, here and there, trying to find answers in our search. But most of the time, I find it so with myself. The confusion rests in my own mind and with myself. It is so, and uh, that's a... Tendency on the part of man. It's like the fellow that said, I thank God I'm an atheist. <laughs> or the fellow that said, thank God I'm humble and I'm proud of it. <laughs> and that's the way we are many times. Or perhaps a person that couldn't make up his mind about his own thinking and his conviction. He used to get up and testify every time he stood up, I thank God for good health. And uh, whenever he stood everybody knew exactly what he was going to say, but he fooled him one day. He got up and said, I I thank God for good health and a sound mind. And he sat down. After a moment he got up and he said on second thought, scratch that last part out. and in matters of prophecy perhaps we think we have a sound mind and then we find out we really don't. Amen. And the word speculation has been run to the ground in this prophecy conference. And again I say perhaps that's why we are confused because we over speculate. And things that we have no answers for in the scriptures perhaps we ought to be honest and them and say I don't know the answer to that one. That's right. Now, I'm not going to be ashamed when I sit on that hot seat and you pose a question to me to tell you I don't know the answer and neither do you. (laughs) So we're in the same boat. All right, you have your Bibles. You turn with me to the book of Daniel chapter 9. Now I want to begin reading from uh, verse 20. Bear in mind, Daniel was a Jew, racial wise. And there's no ground for dispute or argument here that the Bible classifies all peoples into two classes, Jews and Gentiles. Whereas the Jewish people are a distinct separate race. The word Gentile does not apply to any one distinct race of people but to all races separate and distinct from the Jewish race. And the book of Daniel is written in two languages. It is written in the Hebrew language and it's also written in the Aramaic language. The Aramaic language was used by the Gentiles of that day. While the Hebrew language, of course, was used by the Jewish people. And there are some chapters that Daniel wrote in the Aramaic language, since he was familiar with both these languages, and sub-chapters of this book, which is made up of 12 chapters, he wrote in the Hebrew language. Now, from personal study of the book of Daniel, I find that the chapters that were written in the Aramaic language related to Gentile people and the chapters written in the Hebrew language related strictly and exclusively to the Jewish people. And I believe once we set the place for the peoples and the events and the time in their respective places Bible prophecy at most times unfolds itself more clearly to our minds. We can't pick up one scripture of the Bible and uh, uh, build up a whole concept of conviction on it. We have to take the Bible in its entirety because it is a harmonious book. Can you say amen? Yes. At no time does the Bible contradict itself though it appears at times it does. But you have to continue reading the Word of God, amen, you'll find out there's no contradiction whatsoever, amen. And all of the writers of the Bible have been anointed of the Holy Ghost. They served as scribes. Amen. As writers. But it's the Holy Spirit, praise the Lord, that inspired their minds to write what the Holy Spirit wanted them to write. You believe this? All right. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, And presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. God. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we would experience that here today also. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people, and upon thy holy city, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. And if you'll count, praise the Lord, you'll find six twos here, T.O. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seventy weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks, notice the setting aside of a specific period of time, threescore and two weeks, shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and that, determined, shall be poured upon the desolate. That's all I'm going to read from the Bible this afternoon, but we'll refer to other scriptures as we continue along. Since our subject is entitled, Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation Period? The reason I named it this subject, because in the minds of most Christians in the world of Christendom, including the elect of God in a spiritual sense, by adoption, because of tradition, we have taken the word tribulation and we have applied it to a time period that is all in conflict with the teachings of the word of God Amen but there are so many things that we have accepted in the course of time and we have adopted them and we have not allowed ourselves enough time to do some research on our own no personal conviction non supported by the scriptures can really be valid as far as the truth of God is concerned amen we do have some convictions that may be linked with some teachings of the bible but when we come to important subjects that relate to the welfare of man as far as the past and the present and the future is concerned, I believe that we ought to have scriptures to support any doctrine, praise the Lord, or any uh, 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 interpretation that we give of the scriptures. Now, therefore I want to from the outside here shatter a concept in our minds that there is such a period of a seven-year longevity that is called a tribulation period in the Bible. There is no scripture whatsoever in the Bible that tells us that there is a seven-year period that is known as a tribulation period. Now I'm going to deal with specifics here today, and I'm not going to generalize. First of all, let us define the meaning of the word tribulation. The word tribulation from the Greek word, and sometimes my pronunciation of the Greek doesn't even sound like Greek to me, is philipsis. Which simply means to thrash. It means to beat down. It means to inflict great misery. It means to bring distress as from oppression and as from extreme pressure. Now that's what the definition of the word tribulation is. And you can kind of mull this definition in your mind for a little bit. Amen. There's also a distinction made in the Bible, as you will hear uh, 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 as I read some scriptures in the Bible, between the word tribulation and the word persecution. That it's true. Indirectly, both words are synonymous but they do not give the same meaning now in the Bible the word tribulation is mentioned several times and when we think about the word tribulation we think about it in a twofold manner we think about it in the term of a technical meaning and we think about it in terms of a non-technical meaning now, when we talk about a non-technical meaning, we simply mean that it speaks of any trial or suffering or a time of infliction of distress or a time of great oppression in relationship, praise the Lord, to individuals and not necessarily to a corporate body of people. That's a non-technical application of the word tribulation now in john chapter 16 and verse 33 and i'm not reading the complete verse but only where the word tribulation praise the lord is inserted in the scripture in this world ye shall have tribulation now that is recorded in the gospels Jesus Christ is the author of these words is there a specific time that Jesus is referring to at this time is there any set time in the history of the church or in the history of his listeners that this tribulation he is talking about is relevant or was he saying that as long as you are in this world trying to serve me you're going to meet up with tribulation Amen in the Acts of the Apostles chapter 14 and verse 22 the Apostle Paul and his companions while at Lystra exhorting the believers said we must through much tribulation Enter the kingdom of God. Again, I ask the question, Did the apostle Paul have any specific time that he was referring to? Or was he just saying, listen you fellow believers, That in order for us to be qualified to enter into the kingdom of God, That we are going to have to go through much tribulation. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul is the author of these words again. Not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Never forget the former pastor of the church I'm pastoring presently. One time a person came to him and said, Brother Hudson, I would like for you to pray for me, that I will have more patience. And Brother Hudson laid hands on that precious soul, and he began to pray, Lord, put this man through some tribulation. (laughs) Amen. So the concept of the word tribulation here, praise the Lord, is to cultivate and develop patience in the lives of the believers. The Apostle Paul emphasizing his determination, praise the Lord, to not to be separated from the love of God said this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword Separate us from the love of Christ. As we study the life of Paul, we find out that this man of God experienced all of these things he's talking about. Amen. He experienced the sword. He experienced nakedness and peril. He experienced famine. He experienced persecution. He experienced distress. And he experienced tribulation in a definition. Praise the Lord we have. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 4, 5, 8, 9, and 10. But I'm going to read just a short hallelujah passage from these scriptures. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Now he's addressing himself to believers. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 4 and 5. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation, for when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Now if that's what tribulation is according to the concept of the Apostle Paul in this instance, then you and I, in the latter part of the 20th century, are experiencing the same things that he's talking about in this verse. Isn't that right? We have many times experienced fightings within and fightings without. We've experienced fears. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Our flesh many times is so tired that we have no rest. We were troubled on every side. Now this last tragedy that we've heard about that has shocked all of us as praise the Lord it does when Brother Johnson from Texas lost his wife and his child. Now, if you can't call that trouble on every side, I don't know what you call trouble. Amen. All right. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 13. I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you. The man is saying that he is going through a time of tribulation. Amen. Amen. 1st Thessalonians chapter 3 verses 3 through 5 for verily when we were with you we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass and ye know so the tribulation period is already behind us come on now that's what the bible says if we are to believe hallelujah that the word tribulation is related to a specific period of time. Amen. Amen. That means tribulation had already come. That's the second Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience now, evidently, if tribulation brings patience, these folks had cultivated patience as a result of tribulation. And faith in all your persecutions and tribulations. Now, the word and is a coordinative conjunction, it means it joins two words together. Praise the Lord. So that here in this instance, we have the word persecution joined to the word tribulation that ye endure which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer Revelation chapter 1 verse 9 I John who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now John had his tribulation as a result of his exile on the isle of Patmos. Now then we have a distinction made now in the word tribulation because we have an addition descriptive of amount and quality added to the word tribulation. And in the Bible, in the gospel of Matthew chapter 24, which has been referred to several times in this prophecy conference, then shall be great tribulation. Now all of a sudden we find a distinction made here from the non-technical usage of the word tribulation to the technical usage of the word tribulation now with the addition of the quality, praise the Lord, and the quantity of the kind of tribulation which now, friend, makes it a specific kind of a tribulation. Then shall be great tribulation such as was not. Automatically then we know but any word tribulation used in the past does not relate to this time because nothing like it has happened before nor ever shall be that's the past and the future and except those days be shortened there shall no flesh be saved but for the elect's sake these days shall be shortened now I'm going to pause here for a moment Amen. And since the word elect came here and was introduced, it would be well, whoever asked this question, to go into your Bible concordance. If you wanted to prove, hallelujah, that the word elect is mentioned more times in the Bible than just in this chapter in the Gospel of Matthew and as was read from the epistles, amen, go back into the Old Testament and you'll find that the word elect was used several times in relationship to a certain people also. Which simply means that the word elect is not confined to any one corporate body of people. But it is used at sundry times in different dispensations, praise the Lord, respectively to the corporate body of people that lived in that dispensation where the word was used. So that it relates to that body of people, respective of the time of their existence. And this is not the only word that applies to that meaning, but there are several other words that are used that way. Amen. My people," for example, Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, the word "my," the words "my people" are used. Shall we just talk about that word as being applied to one people throughout the Old Testament as well as a new? Or should we be praiseful or understanding? Amen? and say, no, it cannot be so, but it is used respectively, time-wise, to the people that God is dealing with you with in the immediate sense, so that the word of is nothing, really, and you cannot pin it down to any praise the Lord corporate body of people because it's used more times than one, and it's used in different dispensations of the timetable of God. Chapter 30 of the book of Jeremiah, verses 4 through 7. Here we have this prophet of God, who is contemporary of troubled times. Amen. My Lord, my time's already almost up and I haven't got started. Who who, who is contemporary to extreme troubled times. In fact, the man was so troubled because nobody would pay attention to his preaching that he said, Oh that my head were waters and my eyes fountains of tears that I may weep night and day for the hurt of the daughter of my people. Hallelujah. Now Jeremiah was a Jew and his prophecies, praise the Lord, are related primarily to his own people. Therefore, when there is reference made to a time when his own people were going to go through uh, that were extremely times of stress uh, and distress, hallelujah, and time, praise the Lord, of affliction and suffering, he called them Jacob's Trouble. Jacob's Trouble. You know why? They weren't. Praise the Lord, the name Abraham is not mentioned here, Abraham's trouble. Not even Isaac is mentioned here, Isaac's trouble. Uh, but God deals with the immediate because, praise the Lord, the race, hallelujah, is a result of the 12 sons of Jacob. And since Jacob was a man that becomes a symbol, praise the Lord, in the Bible of the dealings of God, hallelujah, with this people, It is known as Jacob's trouble. Now, when we talk about Jacob's trouble, our minds immediately are linked, amen, to the posterity of Jacob. Now, you and I are not descendants of Jacob, unless you're a Jew, in the natural. Amen. I'm not a descendant of Jacob because I'm not a Jew. So when it talks about Jacob's trouble, it relates, praise the Lord, to the descendants of the man, Jacob. They're the ones that are going to have this trouble. Compare to the sufferings, hallelujah, and the birth pangs of a woman. Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 34 and 38. When Israel shall pass under the rod... Uh, how much more clearer should the Bible be? Why should I want to take praise of the word Israel out of its context at this time and try to make a spiritual, amen, application from it when right now the prophet Ezekiel is dealing with the literal race of the Jews! You weren't part of that Valley of Bones! And the Bible never related to the church, praise the Lord, as a heap of bones, because the church was never born yet, so that that heap of bones in the valley, hallelujah, were none other, praise the Lord, than the race that had lost out with God, amen, not forsaken, But for the present time hallelujah having to go under the rod and the judgment of God until such time when the restoration will be consummated so that when Daniel talks about it in chapter 12 and verse 1 Daniel speaks of it as a time of trouble for my people for his people which are the Jews Now in the New Testament we have two descriptions. Jesus in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapter 24 describes this period of time and he makes it a specific period of time and he calls it the Great Tribulation. And in Revelation, praise the Lord, chapter uh, uh, 6 and verse 1 and Revelation 19 and 21 and uh, 7 and 14 the reference is made again to this period as the great tribulation now the tribulation period that we automatically then accept as the traditional concept that is of a seven-year duration is not scriptural I don't care if Clarence Larkin and all of his colleagues said it is it is not in the Bible and we better veer away a little bit from these prophecy books that some of them are altogether obsolete and begin to read the bible for ourselves and try to ask God for some revelations that so we'll know what we're talking about i want to read the bible I want to find out for myself if the Bible tells me there's such a period that is known as a tribulation of a seven-year duration. And so help me, folks. Praise the Lord. I will challenge any one of you, minister or layman, to read me a scripture in the Bible where it says that there's a seven-year period described in the Bible as the tribulation period. All right. Nobody wants to respond. So we've got that settled, thank God. (laughs) Now once we have settled that issue in our minds, perhaps we can remove the maze of confusion now and get down, praise the Lord, to the uh, 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 teachings of the Word of God as far as this period that we're talking about and let us place it in the right place Amen. context and quit calling it the tribulation period and and try praise the Lord to call it the 70th week of Daniel and then let us try to understand what the 70th week of Daniel is all about and just remove that word tribulation from it and clear our minds and see what the Bible has to say about it Now the 70th week of Daniel received, praise the Lord, or rather the the prophet Daniel received communication from God which he himself did not understand. And if we were, praise the Lord, to experience the resurrection of Daniel from the dead right now and have him come here, he still would not be able to tell us all the visions that he saw and give us a definite explanation. Because there are some things that were sealed even to Him. That it was not time for His day and His generation to understand. But they were to be unfolded, praise the Lord, in the future of the purpose of God. Because we have instructions to seal the book up until the time of the end. All that Daniel knew then, was that the contents of the book had reference to the time of the end, hallelujah, and the time of trouble. However, the mysteries of the book sealed in the day of Daniel, praise the Lord, or the mysteries rather plurality, were revealed to John on the Isle of Patmos. Because, as Brother Urshan said, the last days did not begin yesterday. Nor did they begin with the development of the European Common Market. Hallelujah. But the last days began, amen, when the church was born. On the day of Pentecost. They were prophesied by the prophet Joel approximately 800 years before that but they did not begin until the apostle Peter got up and confirmed and I don't know if Peter understood all he was preaching that day because you see in the 10th chapter of Acts he seemed to contradict his own preaching that means the Holy Ghost used him to speak forth but he may not have understood everything he was saying then but he said this is that which the prophet Joel had prophesied amen it shall come to pass saith the lord in the last days that i'll pour out my spirit now you and i may think about the last days in durations of a few weeks and a few months but god doesn't think about him that way amen his thoughts are a little different than our thoughts as far as the measurement of time is concerned hallelujah all right now the uh, 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 church and Israel are two distinct groups with whom God has a divine plan and for whom God has a divine plan and somebody said you can't separate praise the Lord the church from the nation of Israel oh yes you can the Bible is very specific about it hallelujah now you can't separate The church, as far as races are concerned, because the church does not recognize any specific race, hallelujah, because the plan of salvation is open to everyone. Amen. There's no Jew or Gentile, Greek, praise the Lord, or otherwise, or bound or free. But when it comes to the dealings of God, hallelujah in two corporate bodies there is a distinction and perhaps some of our problems have been that we have conglomerated the scriptures where they at times refer to israel we have used them to refer to the church and where they refer to the church we have used them to refer to israel It's the same thing, praise the Lord, with the coming of the Lord. Many scriptures are being confused in relationship to the twofold appearance of Jesus Christ. And I say appearance, hallelujah, because that's exactly what it is. Amen. There is an appearance of the Lord in the air. He's not going to come down and touch base with the earth, praise the Lord, but the church is going to rise up and touch base with Him somewhere in the Zephyrs up there. But there is a second advent of christ an advent not in the atmospheres but an advent praise the Lord to this earth as it was the first time and the scriptures sometimes may not be clear to our minds as to what uh, as to their reference whether it refers to the second advent of Jesus to this earth literally visually and bodily Or His Advent, praise the Lord, uh, to the eyes of the people, especially the church, when they are caught up to meet Him in the air. Amen. And I don't know, perhaps, whoever used the word rapture has confused our minds too. We really should use it caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And we should use the teachings of the Bible in relationship to this event. Because actually, you take the dictionary and, and try to uh, find out what the word rapture means, and it's miles and miles away from what we preach a rapture to be. And as far as a Greek, it's Greek to me. Amen. And it does, it does have different meanings to the word uh, 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 parousia or whatever Brother uh, 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 treese probably can explain it much better than I can, and perhaps he'll have an operator tomorrow to do that. But uh, 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 suffice it to say that the church is a mystery, unrevealed in the Old Testament. And this mystery program resulted from the rejection of Israel to the Messiah at his first advent. Amen. Amen. Therefore, it must be completed then before God can resume His program with literal Israel. Now what is the nature of the 70th week? There are a number of words used in both the Old and New Testament to describe this week which when considered together gives us an essential nature and character of this period. First of all, it's described as wrath. Revelation, First Thessalonians, praise the Lord. It is described as judgment. And who can deny when you read? Praise the Lord the events that are going to to transpire Relate to us in the book of Revelation And in the writings praise the Lord of Isaiah And Joel And Ezekiel and Zechariah It is a time of punishment Retributive punishment It's the hour of trial It is the hour of trouble It is destruction Devastation it is darkness now this describes praise the lord the period in its entirety amen so that when we talk about Misnomer word tribulation and stop there. Hallelujah. Because it's more than just that word. Amen. Now, the nature of the tribulation or the 70th week, rather, is twofold. First of all, it's divine wrath. And secondly, it's divine judgment. We know, the Bible says, that the Lord bore for us the wrath of God and His judgment therefore we who are in Him shall not come into the kind of retributive judgment that our minds are relating to in this subject otherwise the work of Calvary would praise the Lord be Halley of no avail to us. We say many times that Jesus Christ was a ransom for your sins and mine. What does that mean? That simply means that God was demanding a ransom for the sins of mankind. God never overlooks sin. Hallelujah. He will forgive sin when people repent, but don't you get the idea? He'll overlook sin. There's always a time of retribution or retributive justice that the Lord, hallelujah, will bring to pass. Now God was seeking for vengeance against sin. Not against you and I. We have been victimized by the devil. Hallelujah. But you are seeking vengeance against sin. And that is why the word propitiation is used in the scriptures. It simply means, praise the Lord, that somebody had to pacify or satisfy the vengeance of God against sin and the wrath of God. Therefore, God looked for a man and he found nobody, hallelujah, that would qualify. So he himself, praise the Lord came down to this earth and he clothed himself uh, hallelujah the form of humanity so that when he died on the cross my friend he was actually putting himself in a position to receive all of the wrath and the vengeance of God against sin and he became the scapegoat for you and I once and for all hallelujah that means that the wrath of god has been pacified and the wrath of god has been satisfied by the death of jesus christ on calvary that angel with a flaming sword that stood on the east gate Praise of forbidding man from coming back into that place of bliss, paradise. Hallelujah. That flaming sword pointed to every direction, if you please. Amen. Nobody dared to challenge the flaming sword of that angel, praise the Lord, until Jesus Christ himself came on the scene, and he challenged that sword, hallelujah, and though that sword inflicted several major wounds in his body, he was able to open the gates of paradise, and I'll allow you and I, hallelujah, entrance into the gates of paradise, but I want like you to know, it was a once and for all, of propitiation once and for all so that those that become members of the body of Christ will not suffer the wrath of God again Amen that simply means that now look let me reason with you now when you get in your pulpit fellow minister God bless you Are you laymen in the audience when you testify to somebody and talk about you being part of the body of Christ and Jesus Christ being the head of that body amen now the body is not wandering around headless and at no time can you separate the body from the head hallelujah all right and if we are going to suffer the wrath of this period That is simply saying that Jesus Christ is going to have to suffer that wrath again. That it was not enough that he suffered the wrath, hallelujah, one time. He's going to have to suffer that wrath again. Because we are his body. And he is the head. What are you going to do? Cut the head off? just send the body to the wrath and then join the head to the body when you get on the other side first Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9 for God appointed that means chosen the word appointed here means chosen for God appointed us not unto wrath but unto obtaining of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ because he suffered the wrath once and for all. Woo, praise the Lord! Amen. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. So when you say he died for me, you'll remember, praise the Lord, that he was a brunt of all the wrath of God against sin. And he is sparing you that wrath because he died for you he was a substitute for you wrath for others but salvation for the church amen now when I talk about the church and I talk about the body of Christ I am talking about a select distinct group of people I am not including everybody that's going to make it to heaven in that group Now you've got to think about this because it's very important. I do believe, praise the Lord, that there are people before the church was born that are going to go to heaven. How many believe that? Well, that's all of us. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. I'm not going to pin you down on anything. Amen. You think Abraham's not going to be in heaven? Sure he is. But he's not part of the body of Christ. Now, I'm not going to dispute, and if you ask me that question, I'll tell you right now. that I will not answer it, because there's not enough specifics in the Bible for me to feel confident in answering, and I'm not going to speculate either. That if there's anybody going to be saved after the church is caught up to meet the Lord in the air, that's God's business, not mine, and I'm not going to speculate or say, Yeah or Nay? But if there are some that will be saved after the church is caught up, amen, and they're going to be qualified to make it to heaven, again I say these are going to be distinct and separate from the body. So we are people before and perhaps people after. But right now our concern is when we say, will the church go through We are talking about a select, a distinct body of people. We're talking about the body of Christ. And I don't want to mix the body with anybody else. It is a valid point that you should keep in your mind. Hallelujah. Don't ask a question that is general. Amen. Will all those that are going to be saved, go through this period. Now that's a different question. But when you say will the church brother you are pinpointing a select exclusive body of people amen. that's the body of Christ that's the bride amen and you can understand your hallelujah revelations better now the events of the 70th week are events uh, are known as the day of the Lord day of Jehovah and, and uh, 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 the usage of the name of deity here emphasizes God's peculiar relationship at this time, praise the Lord, with his earthly people of the past known as Israel. When this period is anticipated by the prophet Daniel in chapter 9, God says to the prophet in chapter 9 verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Hallelujah. And it is absolutely clear here, amen, in the scriptures who Daniel's people were because a church was not born as yet and what city he is talking about! Certainly he wasn't talking about New York or London or Paris or Berlin or Moscow. As far as God is concerned he has only one city and that city is Jerusalem. Amen. Now in the Hebrew language if I was to read this in the Hebrew and say 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. It will be Shevaim Sheva. That's the way it reads in the Hebrew. Shivaim Sheva. Which means seventy sevens. The church is a mystery. And its nature as a body is composed of Jew and Gentile amen and uh, as far as its revelation in the Old Testament praise the Lord the church could not have been in view of this or any other Old Testament prophecy since the church did not have its existence until after the following number one the birth of Jesus Christ his death burial and resurrection the ascension of Christ and the descension of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost so that the church hallelujah could not have been mentioned or included first of all in the first 69 weeks of the 70 weeks of Daniel then if the church is not mentioned then anything mentioned in the 69 weeks Is exclusively related to Daniel's people and it connects the city because a lot of it is going to happen around that city and the book of Zechariah praise the Lord in several chapters brings out Jerusalem time and time again and look at Jerusalem now hallelujah it is the most prominent city in the world hallelujah And since (coughs) it had no part in the first 69 weeks, which time is related to Israel in God's program, it can have no part in the 70th week, (coughs) which is again related to God's program, because God didn't say to Daniel, right, 69 weeks are appointed unto your people and unto your city. But he said 70, 70 amen and daniel didn't know any other people at this time but his own people hallelujah so if it was not included in the 69 weeks it can have no part in the 70th week which is again related to god's program for israel after the mystery program for the church has been concluded brother Stevens, amen gave us a wonderful view praise the lord of time uh, especially in lineup of nations And he showed us the image of different metals that Nebuchadnezzar saw in a dream. And the interpretation of Daniel, head of gold, arms and breast of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and toes of iron and clay. And from the head of the gold to the legs of iron, prophecy, praise the Lord, was fulfilled consecutively and in sequence of the different metals. There was no intervals whatsoever. As soon as Babylon fell, Media-Persia assumed dominion of the world. And as soon as Media-Persia fell, Grisha assumed dominion of the world. And as soon as Grisha fell, the Roman Empire assumed dominion of the world. But sometime during the reign of the Roman Empire, God decided to insert a new program. And when the Roman Empire dissolved, the prophecy stopped in relationship to the image of different metals. And all of a sudden the dealings of God, hallelujah, were not respective to the Gentile powers, but God inserted a new program. What is that program? It started somewhere on AD 4, hallelujah, when a virgin by the name of Mary gave birth to a child, amen, and the angel emphasized, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, because Jehovah has become our savior now, hallelujah, and the inference to this statement was not primarily to the gentiles, please, Jehovah was the God of the Hebrews at that time and when we said Jehovah has become our Savior it was actually inferring to the Jewish people that your Jehovah of the Old Testament has become your Savior in the person of Jesus Christ in the New Testament because when the woman from Hallelujah the Syrophoenician woman came to him and she was asking for help Hallelujah. And he told her, I didn't come for you. I came to the lost, to the sheep of the lost house of Israel. And now he said, Amen. And, and he likened her unto, uh, uh, put her in the level of a dog. Because the Gentiles were considered, praise the Lord, uh, far below and inferior to the Jewish race at that time. But you see, the Jewish people rejected him as their savior so he turned away from the jewish people and now he's looking for a people praise that he could call by his name and i'm not ashamed to be called jesus only hallelujah now such as have kept the word of his patience He will keep out of the hour of trial which is about to come upon the whole praise the Lord, habitable world to try them that dwell upon the earth and the word try, amen, is connected with the word trial and they come from the same root, amen. Now what is the purpose of this period known as the 70th week? The scripture teach us that there are two main purposes to be accomplished. First of all in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Them that dwell upon the earth! And not the body of Christ! This same expression occurs in Revelation chapter 6 and verse 10 after the opening, praise the Lord, of the sixth seal. 13 verses 8 and 12, 14 and verse 16. And Revelation chapter 17 and verse 8. It gives us a moral classification. The word dwell in the Hebrew is chayat. And it simply means permanent dwelling. Amen. It means permanent dwelling. Somehow I feel that there must be a word in the Greek for that too. It's the same word. All right, it's the same word. So, Chayat in Hebrew, and I just happen to know Hebrew, you don't, so I've got that over you. (laughs) You'll have to believe me. I got the Holy Ghost. The word Hayah in the Hebrew refers to a permanent dweller. In other words, those who have made up their minds to make this earth a permanent dwelling place, that period of time is assigned for them. So that the judgment of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 10 is directed against the permanent earth dwellers who have settled down on this earth as a real home and who identify themselves with this earth religion and with this earth commerce and there is going to be such a people settled down to a permanent occupancy. The church is something else. Isn't the church a pilgrim in this world? How many preachers have preached this earth as a pilgrim? Sojourning, that means traveling through. Hallelujah. We have not established this earth as a permanent dwelling place. The Apostle Paul talked about our hope of being called up to meet the Lord in the air and translated or transported from this earth to a better place that I hath not seen and ear hath not heard and neither has it entered into the heart of man. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are not permanent dwellers of this earth. God knows we're not. Oh, oh. Amen. If we were, I wouldn't want to be a Christian. I'd want to be something else. God knows there are a lot of things in this world that appeal to the flesh and the flesh gets enjoyment from and don't you kid yourself a lot of you are crazy about fishing and nothing wrong with that as long as it doesn't interfere with your church life but we are sojourners we are pilgrims hallelujah amen we are looking For a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. Are you looking for that city? Oh, thank God. Hallelujah. Listen, I was born in the old Jerusalem. Amen. And though it's a fascinating city for you folks that travel from America to see that city, to me when I lived there, it was a city of poverty. It was a dirty place, praise the Lord. And I didn't see much beauty in it while I lived there. But it was my home, and I have a sentimental feeling towards it. But I'm not looking for that city. I'm looking for another city. Hallelujah. The new Jerusalem. And you know what the word Jerusalem means? It means a city of extended peace. That means peace forever and ever. Now the word to try, means to inflict evil upon one in order to prove his character and his faith. The second main reason for the 70th week is in relation to Israel. Malachi chapter 4 verses 5 and 6 reads like this our reads uh, lets us know that Elijah is coming before the great and terrible day of the Lord and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. What is this telling us? It's simply telling us, praise the Lord, that this also will be a time of the preparation of Israel for the coming of their King and their Messiah. So there's no relation here whatsoever to the church. Now let's go back, amen, to the original, hallelujah, purpose of the 70th week. I have gone 10 minutes past my time. When shall I wind up? Well there are some folks that are slow about (laughs) hurry The purpose The purpose I don't care about anybody's convictions or concept About the purpose of this period Separate and distinct from what the Bible says the purpose of the spirit is And we have to stick by the word of God Whether we like it or not I appreciate your convictions, sometimes they're super intelligent but that don't mean a thing when it comes to the Bible for God never appealed to your super intelligence or your reasoning about his purposes in fact everything he does seemingly is abnormal to our thinking and Daniel gives us a reason for that period number one to finish the transgression Number two, to make an end of sin. Number three, to make reconciliation for iniquity. Number four, to bring an everlasting righteousness. Number five, to seal up the vision and the prophecy. Number six, to anoint the most holy. Now that related to the church, then again I say the work of Calvary is dishonorable because reconciliation has not been made yet. But Jesus, God came down to this earth to reconcile. Isn't that right? And right now, bless your heart, I can tell you I am reconciled to God. And I don't have to wait for the 70th week to be reconciled. Amen. Now the divine scales of prophecy, as far as chronology is concerned, a day stands for a year, according to Numbers chapter 14. So that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two. And of course, Brother Stevens already has revealed that on the screen, and Amen <coughs> uh, touched on that but the terminus of the 69 weeks was the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem and I'm not going to be stickler on the day there because we don't have the exact record of that day but it was in that area of time. The calendar aspect therefore according to Genesis, Amen 7, chapter 7 and chapter 8 is 30 days to a month or 360 days to a year. This is a Bible calendar. One day to a year, 30 days to a month. Thus when we consider the 69 weeks of the 70 weeks, it covers up a period from the time that the edict of Araxerxes Longinimus was given in B.C. 445 for Nehemiah to build Jerusalem until the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 As such. But the question here does the 70th week immediately follow the 69 weeks or is there an interval of time space between them? Now in the image of Nebuchadnezzar it seems to be obvious praise the Lord that with the rise of the Roman Empire and its existence as a last praise our world power and that we know right now as far as Bible prophecy is concerned and we look to the future and see probably some evidences of the beginning of the last form of Gentile power but up till now all we know as far as Bible prophecy is that Babylon, Medo-Persia, Grisha and the Roman Empire Amen have been fulfillment of prophecy so that in the rise of the fourth world power Gentile power God seemed to establish an interval of time then we have to acquiesce and reconcile ourselves to believe that since the 69 weeks amen are included hallelujah in this time element of the image that the 70th week praise the Lord did not follow immediately But there was an interval provided by the Lord because as I said before God wanted to establish a new program hallelujah it was a program of the church amen
0: and we are still in the church program
1: right now hallelujah so that the 70th week has not come as yet amen it's something still in the future And if there was ever there is a time space between uh, uh, them then what would be the purpose of that space but the birth of the Church of the Living God hallelujah now when we talk about the translation of the church we are talking about the unity of the body of Christ we're not talking about a dispersion of that body or a breaking up of that body but we're talking about the unity of the body And uh, 1st Corinthians uh, chapter 12 verses 12 and 13 for as a body is one and hath many members and all the members of that uh, body uh, all the members of that are one body being many are one body so also is Christ for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body and that body cannot be broken up or separated so that all then who are born again are part of the body of Christ. We cannot conceive of Christ's body being divided, part of it remaining asleep in the grave, and part of it praise raised in glory, part of it left to go through the 70th week of Daniel. If all the church are to pass through that period of time, uh, then instead of waiting and watching for the Lord, we should be waiting and watching for that period. And we shouldn't say anything about the coming of the Lord being, hallelujah, soon or at hand. Amen. And also, it will let us know then, give us exactly the time when the translation is going to take place. And if there was ever a confidential event, that even the praise the Lord subjects of heaven do not know about, only the Father knows about it it has not even been revealed to the angels hallelujah how in the world can anybody presume or speculate or guess as to when the rapture is gonna take place but if we were to believe that the body of Christ is to be translated in the middle of the week Amen. and there is no interval of time in the middle of that week because when one hallelujah aspect of that week is over immediately the second aspect of it begins there is no interval then you and I will be very good guessers as to when the translation is going to take place amen but this is a secret event nobody knows when that's the more reason because our lives then are disciplined daily by the unpredictability of there's such a word of the translation of a church. I don't know when it's going to happen. Therefore, I must be prepared at all times. Amen. The 70th week is not the perfecting of the saints. There's no such immediate period to bring Perfection. The word perfecting means maturing of the saints. And we are in a constant progressive maturing process. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And if God is not able to help us mature, to qualify for the translation, within a period of almost 2,000 years, you think He'll do it in a period of three and a half years? All right, I'm going to quit. I'm going to take advantage of the goodness of our brethren here. Amen. I'm sure you'll be firing questions at me. Sure. Let me let me close by this. Uh, I'm sure you've discerned by now that I am absolutely positively 101% pre-70th week believer. And I mean that with all of my heart, I respect any mid or post, amen, or after eternity or millennial belief about any of this. This is your conviction. The Lord bless you. I still love you. are still my friend. Amen. But I want to close with this. That's a, probably a crude illustration, but somehow I use it. Amen. And more so now, I believe in it, than ever since my wife has been sick and... Uh, 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 she never thought that they would come that I would really fix her breakfast and serve it to her in bed. I courted my wife for five years. And after five years, I felt like I have won her love. And it was not a one way courtship, it was a mutual courtship. So after five years, she also believed that she loved me. We fell in love and we're still in love. We haven't fallen out yet. After five years, we decided to become espoused. That means engaged. We had an agreement. Amen. Under a canopy of a starry sky. And we set a date for our wedding. She was to be my bride. Amen. My wife rather. Now what would you think of me and what would my wife to be think of me if just before our wedding night I went over to her house and I said look I need to help you get perfected here. me finish <laughs> and I need to purge you I don't know really what that word really means purging and I need to get you cleansed and I need to get every wrinkle and spot and blemish and any such thing out of your life before we get married and just start on slapping the daylights out of her, (laughs) knocking her around, subjecting her to time of distress, affliction, beating, thrashing on her, putting her under extreme pressure, oppressing her, amen, and when I got through with her, I said honey, now you're ready to marry me. And she'll probably respond and say, Honey, I still love you. Are you kidding? (laughs) Now that's what we're saying in essence. The bride of Christ, does he love anything more than he loves his bride? The apple of his eye, praise the Lord the one hallelujah that he intends to marry he has already established a wedding date would he want us to be subjected to such treatment before he decides that we qualify to be married amen and I'll tell you one thing when you are mistreated the first feeling that comes up in you is resentment and in the spirit of the 70th week the more wrath comes and the more judgment comes the more rebellion develops in the hearts of the people hallelujah hallelujah I haven't finished my subject amen but perhaps I give you enough material to chew on for a while and if you can't uh, you're not satisfied chewing on that you can chew on me after a while enjoy and my spirit and pray. It is so real that I can never doubt it. Oh, praise the Lord, I know I'm saved. God, we thank you, Lord, for that spirit of God within our lives today. All our lives have been wicked by us. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah! Now Brother Becton is coming to moderate this time of discussion. Brother Becton.
0: Brother uh, Jonathan Urson, you may be seated at the proverbial hot seat. You may be seated too. <laughs> Before any of you leave and uh, it doesn't look like you're that anxious, we're not going to hold you... Uh, much later than three that's the allotted time Uh, I would like to make this announcement before anybody leaves because this affects tomorrow by very very popular uh, demand we are inserting some additional time for tomorrow so, we will be starting in the morning at 9. Everybody say 9 o'clock. And that will give time for another period of subject and discussion. So, this will be starting at 9. We are also going to add a half hour on the afternoon time which we will be scheduled to go from 9 until 3:30 so store up a lot of food in the morning so that you can last and uh, so at 9 we will be having uh, this additional time and brother crabtree who is going to be the uh, speaker in the slot that does not have a name uh that wouldn't ordinarily be at the ten o'clock hour. We'll be speaking at ten thirty on the subject unknown